0: Today, we're gonna dive into the actual chances of a high school basketball player playing at the college level. Now, I know a lot of you moms and dads have dreams of your son or your daughter playing in college, but what if those dreams are becoming unfair expectations? So today, I'm gonna dive into the actual numbers from the NCAA, and we're gonna talk about how those expectations of yours might be affecting your entire family's basketball experience. And finally, I'm going to cover some options, some great options, for those of you with dreams of your player going on and having a basketball college career. So let's jump in. Welcome to another episode of Hard Smart Together with Coach Dave. I'm Coach Dave. uh, And today we are talking about the chances of both on the men's and women's side of high school basketball players going on to play at the college level. And so, you know, I want to be clear. Of why this is important to to look into, but I also want to be clear that this is not to discourage. This isn't to discourage the player who has dreams of playing at the college level, who has, you know, uh, families who have dreams of a scholarship. You know, uh, I had similar dreams. I'll share a very embarrassing story to kind of kick this off. When I was about, I don't know, 14 or 15 years old, and I was a high school basketball player, and I was no means a a star basketball player. I didn't even start on my high school team. Um, But I had dreams. I had such, uh, maybe at the time, well, they were unrealistic, but they were dreams, and dreams are good to have. They're great for players to have. But uh, I'll tell you the embarrassing part is, I thought that eventually when I got my license and I first got my first car, I wanted to have personalized license plates. And my personalized license plates, they were all planned out. They were gonna be NBA space B N D. NBA bound. (laughs) I mean, I thought I was NBA bound. Now every kid playing out on the playground, playing on a high school team, you know, they have dreams and you know, they have, you know, hours that they've spent alone hitting game-winning shots in the NCAA tournament or you know, playing as NBA players—you know—those dreams are are great. They're valid, and I don't want to discourage those. But at the same time, we need to look at the true expectations that we set as coaches, as parents, for our players. Um, and one of the important reasons to do that is to, you know, embrace the time that we have during our basketball career. Now. I say I don't want to discourage, I want to encourage. In fact, Hard Smart Together is all about encouragement. It's all about encouragement of us helping our players improve and get better and have that improvement take them as far as they can go. Whether that might be you know, the professional level, that might be the college level, that might be just making your high school team, that might be just embracing the time that we have in CYO or AAU or whatever the case might be. But I definitely want to encourage because hard, Smart Together is all about improvement, getting better, and and taking that journey together. But we really need to put in perspective some of the unfair, I, I say unfair expectations that we might put on players as parents, as coaches, as adults. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna look here and share with you the exact numbers from the NCAA. It's gonna put things in perspective and then we can talk about those numbers and and how it might affect our experiences with our players. So here's the the hard truth numbers from the NCAA. In men's basketball, there are over 540,000, to be exact, 540, 769 players at the high school level. Now they have numbers that go 18,816 of those players will become NCAA college players at the men's side. So what does that mean? That means only 3.5% of high school players will go on and play at the college level, NCAA college level. So how does that break down? Only 1% are gonna play at the Division I level. Another 1% will play at the Division II level. And it's a little higher, 1.4% will play at the Division Two level. I'm a big fan of the Division Three level. I played at the Division Three level. Um, I think it's a great option and a great experience, but we'll get into that another time. I could I could talk, maybe I'll talk an entire episode about the Division Three level. But For today, I just wanna break down these numbers. Now, what about the women's side? Women's side, very similar numbers, uh, less high school players. They've got 399,067 players playing at the high school level. Now, how many of those will go on to play in the NCAA? 16,509. That means a little bit better than the men, but still only 4.1% of girls that are playing high school basketball will go on and play at the NCAA level. That means 1.3 percent will go on and play at Division One level. 1.2 percent will play at the Division Two level, and again higher. 1.7 percent will go on and play at the Division Three level. So let's put that in a, in. a The percentages are great, but I like to put it in in better perspective as well. You know, one out of a hundred players on the men's side will play division one and only one out of 75 players on the women's side girls basketball will go on to play division one you know most varsity teams they've got you know 10 12 players on them how many varsity teams to, to reach that 75 number or that 100 number so It just kind of puts the numbers in perspective as to the actual chances of your son or your daughter going on to play now that's not to say you might have a very talented great work ethic your son or daughter might be well on their way down that road and again this is not about discouraging i love to work with those kind of players but i also like to work with the players that are just going to enjoy their high school basketball experience or their middle school basketball experience. And so, you know, I'm gonna use a couple of stories, these are real life stories, to kind of illustrate why these numbers are so important and how our perspective can get so out of whack. I was introduced to a mom. And this mom, she was a soccer mom. So it wasn't basketball, but soccer numbers, if you look at these NCAA numbers, um, which I can share with you you know how to find them on the NCAA website, they're very similar for soccer, for, for basketball. This mom was talking about her player and how her player was going to get a scholarship to play soccer. I'm all in on, on hearing about their player. I love hearing about these kind of players. Like, really? She's gonna go get a scholarship? How many offers has she gotten? Well, she hasn't gotten any offers yet, really. Well, is she, you know, is she a starter? Well, she's not quite a starter yet. I said, okay, is she, you know, but she's getting play time on varsity. Well, no, she's on JV. I said, okay, well, she's a freshman? No, she's a junior, playing JV, not a starter she's going to get a college scholarship. Now, you know, you and I talking today, you might kind of chuckle at that, like, well, those are really unrealistic expectations. But these were the true expectations of this mom. And I'll tell you how real these expectations were. Um, When I, in my blunt fashion, unfortunately, came out and told her, I'm sorry, but your daughter will probably never play in college, let alone get a scholarship the Chances are slim and none that she's ever going to get a, even walk on at that rate. She's a junior playing JV, not starting. She ain't getting a scholarship. Now, <laughs> I should not have been so blunt because the tears started from this mom and she walked away. She had wrapped her head around the fact that they were well down, they were going down the path that her daughter was going to... Earn a college scholarship playing soccer. Now, what's I don't know if the tears were because she was running to the bank to see if she could pay for college or if it just you know blew her expectations. I think it was more, you know, people can talk themselves into a lot of things, but I felt horrible after this. I just want to be clear, I felt horrible. But these are the kind of expectations that parents sometimes place on their kids. And I can only imagine the pressure for this daughter who didn't make her varsity team, who's not starting on JV. And there's these expectations that there's going to be a, a college scholarship in the works. I, I, another example, I had a, a father who was, you know, um, had a son playing basketball and he was trying desperately to figure out what club team to get his son on because uh, he, he, he had this recruiting um, service that had a recruiting profile that he was putting together for his son. So he's spending money on the recruiting profile. He wants to have the profile just so, and he wants the right club, you know, for his son to be playing on. And I started digging a little deeper with his father as well. And it was like, oh, so, you know, your son must be, you know, in the top tier of, of his club today. No, no, not the top team, you know, a lower team. Oh, well, he's, He's obviously the best player on that team. No, no, he's—you know—Jimmy's the best player on that team. So he's currently not at the top tier of the club he's playing in. He's not the top player on his team. I mean, instead of worrying about like recruiting profiles and you know things like that, maybe you know, maybe he needs to work on his game. Maybe you guys need to work together and get him back to that level because. And I said to this father, I said, how, how many, you know, AAU club programs do you think there are in the country? Oh, there's a lot. How many top tier teams on, in each AAU program? Oh, there's, you know, top tier teams. And how many Jimmies do you think are out there that are the best player on their team? There's a ton of Jimmies. There's a ton of Joes, you know. Another, another talk. but you know there's a ton of players that are ahead of you know, where your son is currently. but the expectations were, well, we've got to get this recruiting profile put together. We've got to get him ready to you know be recruited by these colleges. His son was nowhere close to that. So again, not to discourage, but as a reality check, these are a couple of discussions I've had with parents and you know in the past. and these might be, you know, These might be hitting you kind of hard, like, oh, I might have some unfair expectations going on as well. You know, now where do these expectations come from? You know, I mentioned this father was paying money to a recruiting site. It was putting together a recruiting profile. So, you know, they're gonna encourage, they're gonna keep, you know, sharing that dream. You know, club teams, club teams that accept money from players to play, you know, and they, they make money off of that dream. Um, you know, trainers, and, and there's nothing wrong with club teams. I'm not saying that or club coaches or recruiting sites. There's value in all these things. But if you want an honest assessment of your son or daughter's playing ability, I know that you probably think that their high school coach is a real pain in the butt and doesn't know what they're talking about. But guess what? They're probably the most honest assessment of your son or daughter's talent there is. You know why? Because they're not making money off of you. They're probably not making a whole lot, if anything, coaching at the high school level. And so they're probably the best assessment of the talent. Um, Some of those other folks, whether it's a club coach or a trainer or a recruiting service or a recruiting site, they need you to believe. They need you to believe that, hey, instead of it being one in a hundred chances or even you know three in a hundred chances of playing at the college level, they need to flip-flop that. 97 out of a hundred are gonna go play at the college level. They need parents to believe that. And so that's the messaging that I think, you know, we hear for a lot of players. Now, again, I said I didn't wanna discourage, you know, but what does this mean for parents and players and their basketball experience? Well, you might be you might be surprised, you might not be surprised. But the number one reason, the number one reason that any kid or player of any sport stops playing that sport wasn't fun anymore. So you know, sometimes these expectations, sometimes these unrealistic goals, they get in the way of the fun experience that your player is trying to have and that you as a, as a family can have the, the time you can embrace together, to, the time you spend together on the process of getting better, on the process of making that high school team, on the process of making the next level, making varsity on the process of becoming a starter, on the process of just enjoying being a role player on the team. Whatever that process takes you, the process of getting better, that experience, is really important to keep the fun in it. And so what I would say is if your player does have a, a goal of playing in college, don't discourage it. Encourage it in every way you can that's what this like i said this is what art smart together is all about giving us as parents and coaches some tools that we can help our players get better and help them enjoy that that journey now you know you'll hear me almost every time i talk talk about the time that we spend with our players well time's really important and because we don't have a lot of time really maximizing that time with our players are, are important. So again, I'll I'll point out, you know, there's a, there's a link at the bottom of this video um, to a free resource I make available. If you're looking to maximize the time that you're spending with your player, if you're looking to plan better workouts to help them improve more rapidly, be sure and download, you know, My Six, six Steps for Planning a Better Workout with them. Um, you can download it at the link below this video. If you're listening on the podcast, it's simply www.HardSmartTogether.com forward slash planning workouts, planning workouts. So, you know, I always talk about, you know, resources for you guys, and and that's a free resource. You can download some templates that'll get you started. You'll you'll learn about those six steps that I think is critically important to uh, planning your time together. But... You know, that's a way to encourage them, spending the time teaching them, helping them get better, encourage them on that dream, but set realistic expectations as well. Now, when it comes to encouraging that dream, sometimes we get so tunnel vision on, the only option is division one, the only option is a scholarship, the only option is, you know, playing. So what I think it's important is also to broaden your players horizons and share options for them. First of all, these are NCAA numbers. So there's other areas that you could play college level basketball. This doesn't include community college. So maybe uh, your player needs a couple of years of development, they could go on to a community college, they could then they go on to one of the NCAA schools. There's NAIA schools. So there's options there. But there's a lot of options. You know, you you can't get so narrow-minded that I've gotta have scholarship or bust. You know, just being able to walk on. I'm gonna share a a quick success story of a walk-on that I know of years ago at St. Mary's College. Uh, There was a player, Beau Levesque, who, Played at a local high school, De La Salle, in the area. He initially walked on at a local great program, St. Mary's College. He eventually earned a scholarship and uh, had some great moments in the NCAA uh, tournament. So he got significant playing time. Uh, the farther his career went, um, he got some significant uh you know, made some significant contributions in the NCAA tournament, made some great memories. And I'll tell you, today, that experience of going from, you know, great high school program, walk on, you know, growing his career, he's now a player development coach with the LA Clippers. So there are some options for, you know, that doesn't in- include immediate scholarship. There's also some options if, Maybe playing is not in the cards. Maybe, you know, your son or your daughter really wanna to go to a specific school and they're really talented at basketball and they could go on and play at community college for a couple of years and maybe earn a scholarship and maybe go on playing. They want basketball in their life but they really wanna to go to a, uh, a different school for a different experience. You know, there's a ton of options for participating and having basketball in your life that don't include necessarily being a player or being a scholarship player. Um, I'll give you some examples. You could become a team manager. And you might laugh about, well, I don't want to be a team manager or I don't want my son or daughter becoming a team manager, but I'll tell you what, if I had to do it all over again and I didn't go the Division Three route and become a player and I happened to go to maybe a Division One school and I couldn't play at that level, I would have become a manager and I would have dove into the video side. Why? Because video analysis, and I'm gonna talk about that a lot uh, as we go forward, video analysis is so important for improvement, but as far as like, if you want to have a great basketball career and a great basketball mind, become a manager for a team, ask them, maybe at first you're just setting up the camera, and shooting the game or you're becoming part of a crew. Maybe at some point you're breaking down film. You know, you're learning from the coaches. I mean, there is so much to be learned from video analysis. I, I think of uh, Spoltra at um, at uh, the Miami Heat. He's one of the long longest term you know NBA coaches we have. He started as a uh, video guy. So, you know, if I wanted basketball in my life, I'd probably become a manager and Really dive into the video aspect of improvement, of, of game preparation, and, and all those types of things. You can do that as a team of managers. Um, another one, if you just like to play, um, you know, we, when we were at St. Mary's and I was on the women's side, we had uh, practice players that would come in that were good high school men. We wanted our, our players playing against guys. So sometimes we had a a team of, you know, managers slash practice players that could compete against our women. Hey, they had a great time. We used to, you know, play in the summers with them, open gym, play and, you know, they'd come in for our practices for specific, you know, things that we wanted to compete against men and stuff like that. But, you know, having competing against men is another option for maybe you're a high school player and want to become a, a, a manager and, you know, go on to the women's side if you're a guy. Um, there will be opportunities to participate and be part of that program. I mean, there's tons of opportunities to keep basketball in your life. Look at me here. I'm not a coach anymore. I don't coach a program. I, I'm barely a player anymore. I mean, I play, you know, open gyms and things like that with the pandemic, because, you know, this is during pandemic time, I'm talking, and, you know, that's really cut down on that. But I had a desire to keep the game in my life and to keep, you know, to to teach and to help and to help players get better and help parents get better. And so here I am doing this. But this is, you know, I still have basketball in my life. So there's a a lot of ways to keep basketball in your life and not necessarily get that college scholarship, be that D1 player, be a starter, all those types of things. Basketball's been wonderful to me. I'm sure it's wonderful to your family and so, you know, but keeping in perspective, you know, what are the chances of of being that Division 1 scholarship athlete that starts and, you know, wins the NCAA tournament? Great dreams, don't make them unfair expectations. So, now you kind of have the cold hard numbers, you know, straight from the NCAA, you know, what that journey to playing in college really is. What those numbers are like. You know, what I hope it does, I hope it motivates those families that truly have that dream. I, I want to make it, you know, so that you help those players that truly dream that to, to work harder, to work smarter, to work together, um, and, and to, you know, for that to take them as far as possible, but I also want it, you know, this discussion to kind of help those players that maybe just want to have fun, maybe just want to participate maybe just want to be part of their high school program, maybe just want to be part of their middle school program, help them and their families put this into perspective so that they can truly embrace and enjoy the experience together. That would be amazing if there was, you know, more enjoyment of the game because I think it's something that's missing for a lot of of programs of families, of, of players, of parents, you know, we're just, I don't think sports are enjoyed as much as they used to be enjoyed. Um, there has to be this, you know, this grand master plan um, that gets you to that you know, college playing career, and it doesn't have to be that. We can, you know, Hopefully this helps set some of those expectations as well. So again, a couple of things. Be sure and download my free planning lesson um, and, and the planning templates, the link below. Um, But also, I'd like you to leave a comment. I'd like you to leave a comment if these numbers were an eye-opener for you, if they were a surprise, if they put things in perspective, and how that perspective might help your time going forward with you and your son and daughter. And until next time, uh, you know, thank you for your time spent with me. Hope that this was helpful. And uh, thanks, most importantly, for your time with your player, helping them play hard play smart and play together see ya.